What it is, what's up, got your podcast in the cut. The Tales is Such a Saddle podcast. And um, I'm currently holding my phone upwards while laying down. I was supposed to be napping, but instead, my fucking body does not cooperate with me. So, I'm doing what I promised two, three days ago, I guess now, and doing the fucking NBA uh, free agent rating content that I promised to do, and I never did, so... I'll do it now. Um, my alarm's going to go off in 320, so I'm going to try to get this done by then. Uh, let's see. I have Woj's Twitter pulled up. Uh, I could go with that. Let's see if we have a free agency tracker. Uh, it was not... It was both a good um, free agent, or at least to this point, free agent, uh, how should I say, um, session, I guess. Well, also not being a particularly good one. It was both. Is it going to restart? Hold up. I hope it doesn't play anything, because if it plays something, it's going to interrupt my shit. Um, I have a CBS tracker. I'm not sure if this is worth the piss. Uh, it's deals. It's not even trades. We'll just go on Woj's Twitter and just hope for the best. Hope that Woj is truly the uh, internet's busiest nerd. And has all the content I need. What else do you think Woj does outside of just like talk to motherfuckers about basketball? Like, there's no way Woj is like in the strip club, like throwing ones like a Saturday night, right? Like, I could imagine him like going to like a, a, a street. It says he lives in St. Bonaventure, Bonaventure, the Bonnies, uh, New York. And um, let's say he's going out to like fucking Harlem. Yeah. <laughs> Just chill at Harlem, you know? I, I think that if if the right NBA player saw him at Harlem, they'd be like, yo, fuck you, and just kept on walking. Anyway, I'm going to go back as far as I can think to go back to the first day of free agency, which I believe was Thursday, and we'll just see what's up. Free agent guard Eugene Omori. I almost had a relation with a woman who had the same last name as this guy, so I should know how to how to say that name, but I do not. Uh, she was African. Uh, Amori Amori has agreed to a two-way contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder. His agent, Mike George, tells ESPN. This, in a vacuum, means absolutely fucking nothing. Within the context of OKC, I think that, um, they're not doing shit. I I don't know. There pretty much seems to just be, uh... Drafting more talent and buying their time. I think they want Wimiyama. Uh, they did make a a trade, if I remember correctly. They traded uh, in the the, uh, the lottery, the, the draft of the lottery, but I don't remember what that was. Uh, Cleveland lands a... Oh, yeah, I should rate it. Uh, zero out of ten. I don't give a fuck. Um, Cleveland's Darius Garland lands a super match rookie extension that could become worth $231 million with All-NBA escalators. Uh, you would think that Garland makes at least one more All-NBA. I mean, not All-NBA, but uh, All-Star. They say All-NBA, so I guess that's not relevant. I don't know. I, would he make an All-NBA? Like, I really have to think about that. Because his three-pointer, I felt like, is getting better. Uh, he's a he's getting that kind of DeHonte Murray tier where like, you expect him to get about eight, nine assists a game, at least when he's a primarily, uh, primary shot creator. I think Setson is still on the roster, and they just signed... Ricky Rubio, who I'd probably be rating that deal to at some point in this 
Um, so they do have other ball handlers that kind of limited his numbers in the first half of last year. Uh, but I would think that he, with this deal especially in mind, becomes a primary like guy. Setson has been in trade talks for the past, what, two years now? Two, three years? So I don't think that kind of impedes. I would honestly think you just run Setson off the bench. I would say you start rookie Rubio if he can get his health back right. Um, and just have Setson come off the bench. Be kind of like your uh, Jordan Clarkson with a little bit better facilitating. But um, as far as that deal goes, Cleveland had to pay him. I mean, that's the guy you want to keep around. That's good chemistry already with their bigs. I give like a, you know, I, I don't really, I mean, a mass extension is a mass extension. Uh, they treat him well. He should be loved. It's their biggest deal in franchise history, as I understand. A clutch guy, so maybe open up for LeBron to come back at some point. I'll give it an 8 out of 10. Damian Lee has agreed to a one-year deal with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, this is one of the few guys that is still on. I mean, they've Golden State has lost two of their kind of ro- rotation guys, like inner rotation guys. Damian Lee, like right outside of their rotation, uh, uh, he's been there for a while. He has he's liked in the locker room. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Uh, a clear indicator that Golden State, while not giving shit about spending, does not want to just spend for anybody on their roster. Uh, they have limitations, you know, as. NBA tries to allow there to be, uh, so they have a, they have a limit, you know. Uh, I'd give it like a zero out of ten. Uh, it doesn't move the needle for them whatsoever. They can find. I mean, just if you have any kind of progression to Moses Moody, you not play Damian Lee anyway. Uh, and if you would have retained the guys you had already, you wouldn't have played Damian Lee. So it really doesn't matter. Although I do believe they'd have to find at least a replacement in that roster spot. And I guess we'll go to a, a. I think they drafted a guy. They drafted Patrick Baldwin. I don't think Patrick Baldwin is ready to play the NBA level at all. Um, they'll probably find some guy in there. I don't, their, uh, their team's, what, Santa Clara? I think that's their G League team. They probably got some guy stewing in there that'll be able to, to do some things. Uh, the trade of yesterday. Let's see if we have the full deals. I guess I'll start from the bottom and build up here. Uh, let's see. Utah trading Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. Timberwolves are sending Malik Beasley, Pat Bev, Walker Kessler, and Jared Vanderbilt and multiple first-round picks. The first-round picks were a 2023, 2025, and 2027 picks unprotected. Wow. And a top-five protected pick to Utah. Wow. Uh, amazing, to say the very least. I mean, three unprotected? Uh, that's tough, dude. Wow. Um, I'd get like okay. So if you were looking at this in a vacuum, not but not in a vacuum per se, but if you look at this in the context of what Minnesota like looked like last year, and you think about what Minnesota kind of needed or and what they're sacrificing in this, it is tough because they did need some rim protection. I won't lie, but they had good perimeter defense, so they pretty much kill a good bit of the perimeter defense between Vanderbilt, who's very mobile, can play some small ball forward. Uh, well, I think he's like six, seven or one, that's off the top of my head. So he can play like, you know, some fours, a small ball five. Uh, moving perimeter well, as I remember, and um, worked well with Naz Reeves, I remember, in that playoff series they had. And Bev, who obviously, you know, energized that team quite a bit, as he does. 
Walker Kessler, I think, would have... The, the, the Walker Kessler pick was obviously made in the, the idea that they'd have a Rudy Gobert type. Because Walker Kessler, as an Auburn fan, Walker Kessler is somebody that I think himself played in a, sim- a similar situation as Gobert did in Utah the past couple of seasons with the dearth of, like, particularly great perimeter defenders, especially in the guard position. And he had to clean up a lot of mess, so to speak. So they clearly wanted somebody that's Gobert adjacent. I think that pick was made without them actually having a clue if they would be able to get Gobert. Although it, it's hard for me to think that in the span of like a week, they became privy to Gobert being available. So maybe they also made that pick knowing they'd trade him. Uh, maybe they wanted to give Utah somebody that could approximate maybe one day what, like a fraction of what Gobert get. Gobert is a generational defender. I'm not going to say like Walker Kessler, who's not nearly as mobile as even Kess- as, as Gobert, uh, will just be taking that back. But, you know, you can see why they maybe particularly got him. And also, they traded for Walker. That's something else to keep in mind. They traded for Walker. They did not, it does not fall into their hands. Uh, they went on and got him from uh, Memphis. So, maybe this has been stewing for a while. But those picks, that's tough. Um, three unprotected, that's not great. You would think that this is pretty much a team that's going to be very low in the draft if things go well, but wow. Um, it's all the chips have been pushed in. And the idea of the closing lineup for them, the playoffs next season, should be, I would think. Uh, they didn't have a supremely great like backup guard rotation, if I remember correctly. They had a lot of guys that were solid. I would think you go D'Lo, Edwards... Shit, I'm blanking on that three. Because they had a lot of guys. I was looking at Minnesota's roster the other day for some reason. They had a lot of guys that were like guard size. And they had a lot of guys that were like kind of four or five. I think I was looking for Walker Kessler's sakes. But um, they didn't have a lot of guys that like look like real threes. Real small forwards. Let me take a look at their roster real quick. Uh, Okay, so this is I think is up to date as much as possible. Wendell Moore... All right, these guys don't matter. Oh, it's not up to date because Walker Kessler's still on there. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, they kept him. He'd probably be their three, I would imagine. Uh, they still have Jordan McLaughlin. He was pretty good. Yeah, McDaniels, 6'9", 185. I would think he's probably your kind of closing three. That's actually a really good uh, three through five, if you look at it. Him. Uh, him. Uh, Towns, if he's really engaged on defense, and then uh, our boy uh, Gobert. And plus, I mean, you can survive if uh, McDonald's team's impressing and improving on his offensive part of the game. Uh, Edwards was a hell of a perimeter creator. Obviously, D'Lo does his thing creating. You can survive a Gobert. I mean, that's four spacers, uh, potential spacers at the very least. And you have Gobert, who's a... I mean, if there's one thing D'Lo can do, people show D'Lo a lot, but if there's one thing D'Lo can do, he is a actually, like, really good and really creative uh, pick-and-roll uh, initiator. He's somebody that I think would, I would think day one be the best, like, guard for Gobert that he's ever had in his career. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else that, because you got to watch Conley, he got Ricky Rubio, he got Dante Etson, like, I don't know who else would even be close, really. Um, so that's cool. I, I would say 
it's booming bust because Gobert is gonna be coming out of that pretty much like I would think his trade value is pretty like pretty dead towards the back half of that deal. He's gonna be in his mid thirties, I would think, at the very least, if not older than that. Uh he's not gonna improve really offensively because we've seen what Gobert's been when he needs to be both a threat on offense and defensive playoffs the past three, four years, and he's gotten played off the court, maybe not, you know, literally but metaphorically at the very least, in the past three or four years. So I don't think Gobert is itching to become a better spacer or uh better on switches. You know, he just is what he is, you know. I'd give a seven point five out of ten to maybe eight. I mean the potential is there, but also that not being a real mover, that's also a really high potential. Uh let's see. Kevin Looney 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 came back. Uh pretty much the only center option. If Wiseman's pan out, they needed him. They're probably gonna have to play significant minutes if the boy does not pan out. But um he's what they got. A uh, Pat Baldwin could probably play actually Pat Baldwin can't play shit. I'm gonna keep on scrolling. Uh I give that like a a six out of ten. I mean seven out of ten. Outside JaVel McGee, I don't feel like Golden State's done the greatest job of making that center position work uh, to the way she... We've, we've been saying for like five years that Golden State just needs a center. And they've gotten Boogie that unfortunately messed up. They got um, uh, they got somebody else around that same time, the, kind of the Kevin Durant era that was supposed to be pretty decent. Didn't work out. You got Nemanja Belalika that should have been a great... Better spacer, I think, than he ended up being, but he did serve his role. Um... JaVel McGee, he was he was good. You know, he was a great lob threat. They they did a great job of even rehabilitating his career, honestly. Uh but Looney's been the constant that entire time and I see why you keep him. Uh let's see. Celtics got Malcolm Brogdon. Brog Daddy as my homeboy called him. Uh when he was playing for Indiana. So they sent Daniel Tice, who he just comes and goes. Aaron Neesmith in a 2023 first-round pick. It also included Nick Stauskas, who's still in the league somehow, uh, Malik Fitz, and Juwan Morgan. So basically they traded Aaron Neesmith in a 2023 first-round pick. Uh, the Celtics, I mean, their picks are not worth a ton right now, obviously, with the way they play and have played. They've been in that back half of the first round for a while. Um, they've made some of those dudes work, but it's clear they just, you know, they want to win now, and those first-round picks, they've, you know, they matter a lot to a team like Boston that does not try to spend extravagantly uh, when when possible. But I just I don't I don't think that there's much value because they, they go for the same general guys, the like guys that are older, smarter. Uh, they don't really go for, for you know like uh, p- potential guys. That's not who they go for. So I don't know if it matters that much to them to have it like that. Uh, and they get a guy that if he works out, it's exactly what they need. Uh, I mean, don't tell Marcus Smart, but uh, I think they will value having a guy that's actual like point. Uh, quite a bit. A stabilizing presence as he's been when healthy. Obviously, he's not healthy very often, but he's he's a luxury and he's a playoff guy for them. They need him for the playoffs, you know? Uh, so yeah, that's Brog Daddy, uh, and yeah, they did. They actually just sent over anybody of value to them. I mean, Neesmith showed some flashes, but they didn't send off anybody that was really that needed. Uh, Atlanta traded Kevin Witter for Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, and a future first round pick. 
The Kings are sending a 2024 lottery protected first round pick. Pick becomes top 12 protected in 25 and top 10 protected in 26. So the idea, I guess, here is if the Kings don't suck. I need to look at protected picks. I, I, I don't, I honestly don't know. But um, the Kings got some really good uh, rotational pieces. Um, Malik Monk, who has who, him and, if you don't know, him and Fox like my favorite like college like duo that I've watched. I love Fox and Monk. Glad they're back together. Uh, and Werder adds, you know, some good shit. And he's, they're both young. They're both still really young. They're both spacers and creators, which works well for, you know, the kind of weird fit they created between Fox and De- uh, DeMontis Sabonis. Saboner. So, I give that a, a 9 out of 10 pick. I mean, what did they really give up in that, you know? Justin Holiday, not a long-term guy for them. Mo Harkless, I mean, come on. Eh. You know, a protected pick. Okay. You know. 2024 protected as well. I mean, I, I think they got out of that pretty well, in my opinion. I also love Kevin Warder, so, I mean, you know, keep that in mind. I'm a big, big Warder, Warder with the Warder fan. <laughs> That's why I always call him since, uh, I used to go off with him on 2K19, uh, play now. He, he has such a magical jump shot, uh, Warder with the Warder. <laughs> uh, Robin Lopez, one year deal with Cleveland Cavalier, Lears, Nears, Fears. Uh, not really a mover, but, uh, with the... I guess the injuries they sustained last year between Mobe and Jared Allen, I guess the idea is you have at least another starter-capable uh, guy that can play kind of, you know, in break glass case of emergency type situations. I understand it. Uh, he also kind of approximates some of, like, what you kind of do with Mobley, kind of, a little bit, a little bit, not really. I mean, <laughs> he does things well, you know, let's just say that. Uh, I give that like a f- five out of ten, maybe. I mean, it's a marginal play. You know, I'm not big gung ho marginal plays. I mean, they do, they're definitely necessary, but like, I really have to see like kind of how like a marginal play that the Lakers made was signing Malik Monk last season. That's a huge marginal play. That's like an eight out of ten, nine out of ten. This is like okay, this might do something for you in the worst case scenario, but like outside of that, when do you see Robert Lopez play on that team? Uh, Drew Eubanks is returned to the Portland Trailblazers on a one-year deal. I saw him play a little bit in, um, when I watched a couple Spurs games when I was betting. And uh, he is just, I give it 3 out of 10, 2 out of 10, 1 out of 10. I don't actually remember that he does well, but he is just. Uh, let's see, Yusuf Nurkic, a four-year $70 million deal. This is, this is an example of just having to pay to do and just ain't no much you can do. You just gotta pay them. Uh, they need Yurkic is not somebody that could trade. Um, he even being like sixty percent of what he used to be in his prime, he still does some things well. He's coming more for a spacer slowly but surely. Does not move that well anymore. But I mean, he still kind of serves a purpose, kind of a little bit. Uh, that's what fifteen per fifteen, fifteen, thirty, thirty plus thirty, sixty. So that'd be more like seventeen point five ish. Yeah, 17, 17. Yeah, so 17.5 a year. Um, I mean, nominally, that's not like an awful number, but for someone that's aging, uh, I, the Blazers are just such a weird fucking like, timeline, dude. I don't... 
Because, like, this dude, like, by the end of that contract would be basically unplayable, I would imagine, uh, for a starter, like, a championship trying to contend team. And at the same time, it's like, you kind of have to play him because you don't have any other option. So it's like, ugh. They're in a really weird spot, dude. Uh, I think that this is finalized by now. Uh, the Spurs waived Neil Gallinari. He went to the Celtics. I think he's great. Uh, another kind of big four, small ball five option. They kind of work with uh, with Horford's, you know, hurt or whatever. Danilo does have the best health himself, but basically the idea is you take off minutes off of Al Horford. So if you can take minutes off of him and get somebody to approximate some of what he brings offensively, so be it, right? I think that's a 7 out of 10 play. I, I didn't rate Yusuf. Uh, I give Yusuf a... Four out of ten. I don't. I mean, I don't see much value in that. But I would give Gallinari like a seven out of ten signing. Maybe out of ten. Cause I mean, they got nothing. They basically paid nothing for him. I say out of ten. Uh, just if, I'm thinking like Danilo from like two years ago. I don't know. I don't remember what Danilo was last year. I remember, imagine with how willing they were to give up on him, uh, get him the fuck out of there on that trade. Probably not a great. I mean, he's been, he was in every like every project, potential trade I saw, including Neil Gallinari. So I meant he was probably like not the greatest last season, but what can I say? I didn't watch much Atlanta Hawks last year, to be honest with you. Uh, but he was, he had, he was a threat uh, when I watched more of them two years ago. So they can get back to that kind of deal. It's a steal. Either way, I don't think they got him for more than a, a vet men. So good play by the Celtics. Uh, Theo Pinson. Um, Dallas Mavericks. He was, uh, I know he was competing with Jared Harper very often for those uh, two-way spots for the New York Knicks when I was following New York Knicks to follow Jared Harper. Uh, he's pretty good from what I understood, you know, as far as like a 12th man type dude goes. Without watching Theo Pinson actively and since that period of time, it's like I think like two years ago now. Uh, I'd give, give like a, I don't know, 3 out of 10, something like that. 2 out of 10. Um, Mitchell Robinson, this, this is a funny one. So Mitchell Robinson apparently is the first drafted Nick to get a second-year contract in 30 years. That's pretty fucking crazy. Uh, he got a four-year, 60 million. Uh, healthy Mitchell Robinson, even though I think he kind of, um, maybe a little bit slower after coming out of the injury he had or came back from last year. Mitchell Robinson has good value. I mean, for, what is this, 15 million? I, you can do worse than that. And stability, which is something Knicks always need, always. Gives you also a good trade asset in case you want a superstar. I think I think the, the, the contract part of things for the Knicks has turned it upward. Uh, some of the actual moves they've made, I don't know. But the contract management hasn't been too bad. I think it's a good deal. I'd give it like a 7 out of 10. That seems to be where that was at. This one I think is really good. Bruce Brown, uh, two-year, $13 million for the uh, Denver Nuggets. I think that's a really good play for both sides. Uh, that Nuggets always, I think, have opportunities for other guys to do their things, uh, especially in the times or time when Jamal Murray is out in MPJ. Uh, and I still don't know if MPJ or Jamal will be ready to go by the start of the season. I mean, Jamal could have played, as I understand, the playoffs. If he just, like, mentally was up for it, which he apparently wasn't. Which, after the shit he sustained, I understand why, but, you know. Um... If they both are ready to go, Bruce Brown has played with the super teamers of super teams. He'll find his way to work in that, that lineup. And he's definitely what they need defensively. Uh, so I think, especially with them giving up some guys that gave up in the offseason, I, I like the 
I like the play. I give it an eight out. I give it a nine out of ten for that contract. I give it a nine out of ten. That's a good play. That's a really good play. I give it a nine out of ten. Uh, Ricky Rubio. I believe he got a two year deal with the Cavs. I don't see the the finalized version of it on World Warriors Twitter right now, but uh, uh, he was a free agent. I guess he got bought out by Indiana uh, when he was traded. And he came back. He was really good for them, like I said, in the first half of that season. And and I why he came back. He had good chemistry. He had a damn near all star level season, it felt like, really. Uh Nikola Jokic secured, I believe, the thin largest I don't know if it's still the largest contract, but he received the thin largest contract in NBA history. Five years and two seventy million. Damn it, three hundred million dollars for Nikola Jokic. Ten out of ten. I'm not gonna even explain that. Ja Morant, five year, likely become more of twenty thirty one million. I go nine to ten just because I don't know if they are. Right. Listen, I know how this sounds. I get it. I don't know if they need him. It's worth five year one hundred ninety three million. That could become worth two thirty one. I'm not saying they don't need him. I'm just saying I don't know if they need him. Right? Like I don't know if they need him to be good. I know they need him to become a championship contender. I do know that much. But to be good? I don't know. Nikola Jokic is a 10 because Nikola Jokic is needed for that franchise to exist. Devin Booker, five-year, four-year, 2024 Supermass extension. I don't know why they need it. Because apparently, as I understand, he's already on a two-year, uh, really lucrative contract. Um, I don't know why they needed to extend him again. But they seem to be saying that they're going to compete past Chris Paul's being washed, which is coming pretty soon with that version we saw in the uh, Mavericks series or anything to indicate. Although, as I understand, like, the whole team had COVID or some shit, so, okay. Uh, but I don't know. I give the Booker one. I give the Booker one an 8 out of 10. Fuck Booker. Uh, <laughs> I give the John one 9 out of 10. Uh, I'm not going to explain myself. I said what I said. Uh, let's see. The total value of Jokic's current current deal is six years, thirty three million. Wow, that's fucking insane. Uh, Towns four year, twenty twenty four max extension. Uh, Towns' entire contract now is six years, twenty twenty five million, twenty ninety five million. I got eight out of ten. Towns does not. Towns does not impress me uh, to say the very least as far as a uh, cornerstone goes, but. He is who he is, and they need him, obviously. Clip it hoes drums. Andrew Drummond. Uh two years, six point six million. It is sad to see Drummond doing these bounce around deals now, but he tried his uh show and prove contract with the Lakers. Uh no, actually he got traded to the Lakers, right? Or did he sign with them? I'm not I think he did it. He did sign, right? Because he was with the Cavs, I think he bought him out, and then that was the show and prove contract in the second half of their uh, post bubble season, and he was good. I thought he was decent. I don't think I won't say good. I thought he was decent. I thought he was good with Philadelphia. I thought he was good Brooklyn. I mean, to be getting basically the same value as Robin, Robin Lopez, he's getting six point six million uh, over the course of a two year contract. That's that's like vet men. He's getting nothing basically as far as these guys go. Drummond is I, that's a I'd give it a nine out of ten deal uh, for the Bulls. I'd give it a one out of ten for fucking Drummond because 
Drummond should not be that do like doing these type of deals already, dude. That's pretty fucking crazy to me. That's really nuts, honestly. Uh, maybe I'm gassing him, but like the version he showed, even with Brooklyn, much less Philadelphia, was a really good player. Uh, Brunson officially signed to the four-year, hundred four billion. That's been the worst kept secret. Uh, listen, dude. All for Brunson. All right, I'm, I'm giving it a seven out of ten. The shit they did to make this work for Brunson. I understand he also did it for future flexibility, so they could maybe get like the actual one A superstar they need. But fuck if it, the optics of it. I can't ignore optics. Optics don't matter to me. The optics of it was not great. The shit they were doing to get Brunson. <laughs> Shout out to Rick Brunson though. Rick, Rick Brunson made it work. He said, "Motherfucker, I'm making sure this motherfucker gets a bag." And we gonna hit the bad. And they got the bad. I give it a 7 out of 10. He's a player option too in the final, con- final option of the season. So if he wants to throw his value up, be a fucking superstar, and then get another contract somewhere else on that fourth year, which that'd be pretty fucking nuts for Jalen Brunson. Shout out to the Mavs for, I guess, giving Brunson that stage. Uh. <laughs> Delon Wright, two years, sixteen million dollars on the Washington Wizards. That cleared at the time. That cleared the books for a uh, Sharif Cooper to be the uh, backup point guard option for Dehante and uh, I know it's not pronounced Dehante, but fuck it, Dehante and Trey until they signed or traded for uh, Justin Holiday and it got Aaron Holiday. I believe they got both of them, but um, Delon Wright was not great. But he serves a purpose for somebody. He's a decent defender. Athletic still. There's value to somebody. Uh, and if somebody's a Wizards, I give it a 6 out of 10. Something like that. 7 out of 10? 6 out of 10. Yes, yeah, 6 out of 10. Uh, Kyle Anderson, 18 million deal, two years, Timberwolves. I give that 7.5 to 8 out of 10 because that's low price for them. Gives another wing defender. I think wings gonna be the thing they kind of really try to key in on is wing because D'Lo's gonna be playing quite a bit of minutes now. With Bev gone, maybe they make it work as far as the guards go amongst their their backups. They have quite a few backups uh, that are guard sized. Um, McLaughlin was cool. I think the wings would be I would say about where they need the most help at. So eight out of ten feels about right to me. Well, how about we call it right here? I don't think there's that much left. As far as, like, really big deals. But, uh, you know, I'll make it work. Actually, there's quite a few deals left, but not big ones. I'll make it work. So, we'll stop here on Wolja's timeline. That would leave us at... Let's see. Gary Harris. So, we'll stop at Gary Harris, and we'll just go find some books to do. Because it's 31 minutes. I thought I did a good job. If you thought you did a good job, feel free to subscribe. Uh, I hope you were able to enjoy this a little bit. I know audio quality is not the greatest. I'm going to go to bed and go do something else more productive than sit in bed. But I want to do this. I said I was going to do it, so I did it. Decent free agency. I'll do part two before long. We'll see when that is, but before long. Y'all have a good one, and uh, feel free to support if you want to support.